Let us pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. I pray for utterance and the spirit that I'll preach your word only that your people will be lifted up to fulfill their plans and purpose according to your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I began to speak to you on the subject plans and purposes. Amen. And I said, a life without a plan is like a journey without direction. And a life without a purpose is like a journey without destination. And I said, a fruitful life must be a life of plan and purpose. So in life, you must have a direction and you must have a destination. Apart from that, your life must be fruitful. Lift up your hands and say, I refuse to live an unfruitful life. My life shall be full of fruitfulness. I shall fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. And I said a plan is something you intend to do or achieve or an arrangement that you have made to make something happen. And I said that in life, you must have a plan. God has a plan for you, but you yourself prayerfully must seek God to have a plan for your life. And to arrange your life in such a way that you can fulfill your destiny. And I said, a purpose is your aim in life. And the reason why you are doing something, your intention. So you must have aim in life. What do you want to become? The first thing we got to know is that everybody wants to go to school. But school is just a means to an end. So you go to school. But after school, school is just helping you. To fulfill the plan of God for your life. So school is not everything. When you are not educated, it's worse. It means that you even know how to apply yourself. Many years ago, there was no crutch and things. Now there's crutch. There's nursery. There's KG1, KG2. Grade 1 to 6. JHS, SHS. You go to technical universities. Wherever you find yourself, all these things are helping you to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for your life. And I made you aware that we need to have plan and purpose because God is a God of plan and purpose. Number one. And number two, a plan and purpose for your life generates faith. Amen. If you don't have a plan and purpose, you won't even apply your faith because you yourself, you don't even know where you are going. So you won't even have faith that you can even reach there. And I made reference that the reason why people even don't feel like praying or waiting on God or listening to the word of God is that they don't have any plan for their life. I pray for you that by the end of this service, you shall have a purpose for your life and a plan for your life. You see, if you don't have a plan and purpose for your life, you are just like an animal. You see the goats and sheep at Tulaku. They don't know when they'll be going. The plan is with the shepherd. Any moment anybody appears, a goat shall enter to become light soup immediately. Or palm nut soup, depending on where he's really going. So, goats and sheep don't plan. Somebody is having a party right now. And because he's having a party, a goat shall disappear. If you don't have a plan, you shall disappear. I said you shall easily disappear. And I said a plan and purpose for your life generates hope. 
Anybody who has a plan and purpose, he will go through challenges. But because he has a purpose and a plan, no matter how difficult it is, he will survive it. And the reason why people say, I want to commit suicide, I want to kill myself, is that, listen to me, they don't have a purpose and a plan. When you see somebody who says, I want to end my life, if you go deep into his life, he doesn't have a purpose and a plan. When I told a lady, I said, you know something? He said, oh, I'm tired of life. And I said, for the sake even of your children, if you have a purpose to raise your children up, you won't kill yourself. So, purposes and plans come in different forms. So, when he said he was tired, I said, but you have children. If, if you make your children your purpose to raise them up, all your problems will disappear immediately. It's because you, you have decided not to recognize that you have children you must raise. Because you have decided to recognize that there are people who are depending on you. You want to end your life. And all suiciders are selfish people. We don't want problems. But even if you die, that's not the end of it. We still have to work on you. So if you think you die and everything will be over, it's not true. When you die, you are giving us problems. Lift up your right and say, by God's plan and purposes for my life, I have hope that whatever I desire, I shall fulfill it in my lifetime. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to speak on the subject, living a life of purpose. One of the things Jesus said is that we should go out and cast out devils and everything. But I'm telling you, if you have a life of purpose, it's difficult for Satan to even bring it down. He will frustrate you. But one of the things Satan cannot stand is a woman or a man of God or a child of God who has a purpose. Like I said, it's your aim in life or what you intend to achieve. So you must have something you want to achieve. It's also a deliberate action or decision to get something done. So when I say a purpose, you have a deliberate action or intention to make something happen. Then we say you have a purpose. So for example, if your purpose is to build your spiritual life, you can say that, look, now every week I will have a one-hour prayer somewhere. It's a deliberate action and intention to make something happen. If you are a business, you can start to say, well, I want to spend time on prayer. I want to have more time on my customers. So you do it deliberately. That is a purpose. One great man of God who dwelt a lot of purpose and God has called him. How many of you know Mars Moreau? Mars Moreau lived his life speaking about purpose. And I want to make one quotation he said. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. Number two, God's purpose is more important than your plan. God's purpose is more important than your plans. God has a reason why he created you. I want to read some scriptures to you and then I will speak to you about how you can live a life of purpose. Isaiah 46 from verse 10 to 11, Romans 8, 28, and then Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18. Isaiah 46, 10 to 11, Romans 8, 28, Proverbs 20, verse 18. So Isaiah 46, 
verse 10 and verse 11. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Verse 11. Calling ravenous best from the east. The man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. And I will also do it. I have purposed it. And I also would. God says that when I purpose something, I will do it. So when you purpose to marry, you will get married. When you purpose to go to school, you go to school. When you purpose to do a business, you do business. When you purpose to do ministry, you end up doing ministry. So he said, this God speaking, he said, I have purposed it. I will also do it. So if you see a person who can make something happen, it's because he has purposed it. He has deliberately made up his mind that this is what I want to do. And you can never do anything. Most of us sitting here, you can never do anything until you purpose in your heart that you want to do it. You have 20 things in your mind, but there is one you must purpose to do. And immediately you receive purpose. God gives you the help to do it. You will know where the help will come from, but once it starts coming to your heart, God will raise a helper. May you have a helper in your life. I said, this month, may you receive a helper. How do you live a life of purpose? Number one, you must have a purpose for your life. That is all. This is an examination you cannot fail. How do you live a life of purpose? The first thing you must do is to have a purpose. It's like, how do you learn how to drive? You must get a car. Or, how do you get educated? You must go to school. So, how do you live a life of purpose? You must have what? A purpose. Everybody say purpose. Say it again. Shout it. Say it again. When a person doesn't have a purpose now in life and it's your friend, I can tell you in the next five years it's going to be your headache. But if he has a purpose and you have a purpose and you are all moving, you will meet along the road. And listen to me, those of you who are friends without purposes, they are Bag. They are bags and they are burdens that you are carrying. I'm telling you, it looks like a nice thing you are moving, but very soon they'll be calling you. I want it because you see, the person doesn't have a purpose and you have a purpose. And because you are friends, you cannot deny him, but it gets to a point you become fed up. Like Idi Amin told the Queen of England, he said, You have fed me and I'm fed up. We came to England, you have fed us and we are also fed up. Because Idi Abid didn't understand English much. And he said, when you come to Uganda, we shall retaliate. He was speaking English. I don't want to rush because this is so important. What will differentiate you from your friend will be purpose. I went to school with some classmates. After some time, purpose will differentiate us. We'll be taught by the same master. We'll write the same exam. Maybe we'll even be in the same church. After some years, purpose will differentiate us. Purpose will differentiate us. I have some classmates that when I meet, they dodge, but I call them. One day I went for a funeral in Kowu. Kowu, Kowu. I went for a funeral. And I saw a mate of mine. When we were in school, he would go to Abosu Okai. 
go to Abosoka. Every time I go to Abosoka. And so he was not coming to classes. He didn't write his exams. And I met him. So I asked him, how are you doing? And he asked me, what? And then another friend of mine came close. And I wanted to converse. But I realized that he didn't want to relate with me. Because after some time, when I saw his state, when I called, he denied me as if he doesn't know me. He was feeling very uncomfortable. So when you have a purpose now, it may look like you are joking. But after 10 years, it will come alive. I prophesy upon your life that the purposes for your life that people cannot even see it with their eyes shall come to pass. I said that it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. If people don't respect you now, don't worry. Just have a purpose. As I go on, you will see that purpose will always come out. It will show by itself. People will begin to see after some years that, oh, I didn't know that this lady does. I didn't know that this man, this is what is inside him. Purpose. So questions like, why was I born? What am I doing on this earth? How many years have I got to live? What is my value in this life? Simple, simple questions. But if you can ask them, you know, at times it is difficult to ask yourself some questions, but you need to ask them. Number one, why was I born? You should ask the same question. Well, maybe some of you were born to eat, so you are always eating. It's a simple question, but it's going to help you. Why was I born? For example, if you keep on eating and you are not growing fat, it should tell you that that is not the reason why you were born. For example, if you keep on eating and eating and you are not growing taller, it should tell you that eating is for a reason. So, why was I born? Simple question. So now you have been born. The second question, what am I doing with my life? Then you come and say, hey, that appears I'm just not doing anything. Number three, am I doing something? If I'm doing something, where do I want to get to? You see, these questions will change you immediately and you begin to align yourself to doing something. But if you don't ask them, you'll be eating, you'll be changing your clothes, but after some time, you realize that life has passed on. Some of you must have a purpose to go to school. Some of you must have a purpose to continue education. Some of you must have a purpose to marry. Because even to marry, you must purpose in your heart. I have realized that it does not only take money to marry. It takes a deliberate intention to marry. Otherwise, you can never marry. You can have all the resources. And there are sometimes my sons will come to me and say, Apostle, you know, when he told me marry, I could have married, but I don't know why I kept And I've had about 20 or 30 people telling me the same thing. Because they got to realize when they married that it is not that they couldn't do it, but at that time, it wasn't something they were taking serious. Immediately you take it serious, all of a sudden, everything will change. Lift up your right and say, purpose. Say it again. Lift up your right and say, Lord, help me to live a life of purpose. Amen. By the time you are dying, at least there should be three things people should be able to say about you. That's what we call purpose. I say, by the time you are dying or you die, there are about two or three things, one, two or three things people should be able to say about you. This man lived his life like this. This person, you see, the way you live it and your passion will determine what your purpose is. Purpose can be good or bad. So you can have a good purpose and you can have a bad 
purpose. But since we are born of God, we can only sow good seeds. Can I have an amen? Your amen is not strong enough. Number two, you need to establish your purpose by counsel. Romans 8, 28. Let's read together. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So God himself does not create anybody without a purpose. For we know. We do what? We do what? We do what? We know that what? All things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad times, work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his what? Purpose. In other words, when God creates you with purpose, no matter what you go through, his purpose is still working. It's like any individual. When you have a purpose, you have a challenge. You want to go to school, there will be a time there will not be money, but you must have a purpose that I will finish it. Is it a business? You start along the line, you know what to do, but you must have it. Is it marriage? One week to the time, many marriages that have been had in this church, they will tell you, that at times three days to the time, they don't know where the reception money will come from. Yeah. Some of them become prayer warriors that week. They never knew they could pray until they were going to the rest. Hey, things are difficult. But some of them, you can ask them at times the night before the wedding. The night. Some of them, even the day. Especially the men. That's when they can they don't smile. When we are having wedding, you see the women, they are always dancing. The Lord is good, I will praise him all that. Because <laughs> give the Lord some shout and some praise. Somebody told me that when you go to wedding, the woman's friends, that they are excited. Oh, we give God the glory. God is doing great things. Oh, I throw. Then the man's friends, that they are, wow, because the money has gone to borrow some cost has come. So they are all waiting for the wedding so that they'll get their money back. <laughs> As they are watching, they are taking the television, they finish and they are just watching. You can see the difference. I sense some anointing here. May the Lord give you the grace to marry, to marry, to marry. The young man, may you marry in the name of Jesus. You have told a lady you want to marry her five years ago. If you gave birth, your child will be in KG2. What are you waiting for? Your problem is purpose. I will say purpose. Say it again. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 18. And I wanted to say with me very loud. Proverbs chapter 20 verse number 18. Let's read it go. Every purpose is established by counsel. And with good advice make war. Say it again. Go. And with good advice make war. Let's say it for the last time. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. Let's really go. Form your purpose by asking for counsel. Then carry it out using all the help you can get. This is where many of us don't get it right. So number two, you need counsel. You need to establish your purpose by counsel. I would say counsel. Counsel means advice. That's where many of us get it wrong. This life 
If you don't get someone to advise you and someone to lead you, you can have good intention, but along the line, it can cut off. So the Bible says that if you want to have purpose, establish it with counsel. Get someone to help you to, so that the purpose will be strong and done in such a way that when you start, you can be able to hit the end of it. But if you don't, you can have a purpose only to be in the middle of the way and say, that, oh, this purpose I had wasn't what it was. How many of you have started things that along the line realize that this is not what you wanted to do? James chapter 1 verse 5. Where do you seek counsel? The first counsel you seek is God. If you want counsel, the first person you go to is God. Lord, I want to go to this. Lord, I want to do this. What do I do? You talk to God first. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of your pastor. Let me ask of the prophet. Who should he ask? If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and our bread that none and it shall be given him. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Wisdom is one thing that God gives when you ask him. When you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. The reason why God will give it to you, you know, he knows that there are a lot of issues in your life. So I tell people, when you go to God, don't ask for money first. Many of you, anytime you go to God, you want shoe. You want money. Your shoe, when you buy it, can last for two years. Wisdom lasts forever. So when you go to God, the first thing to ask that, Lord, give me wisdom to live my life. Because wisdom it will even show you how to get the shoe. Wisdom will show you how to get the money. Wisdom will show you who to contact. Let me say it in you. So when you come before God, ask for wisdom. I say, ask for what? Ask for what? Money is very important, but you need wisdom to apply it. And I'm not saying that when you have money and it doesn't work, it means that you lack wisdom. But I'm saying that between money and wisdom, any time you come before God, choose wisdom. Because there's a plan in the Bible. Solomon asked for wisdom. And God said, because you have asked for wisdom, I'm adding money to it. I'm adding riches. I'm adding everything. Take it. Because if you are wise, you can handle it. So I'm not saying that if you have money and it didn't work, but I'm saying that always spend more time Asking God about how you can use your money than the money itself. Because somebody can use 5,000 to do what somebody 20,000 cannot use it to do. Somebody can have 10,000 and he can do something that somebody with 100,000 cannot do. The difference would be what? Wisdom. So you need counsel from God. The next person is that you need counsel from God's servant. First Samuel chapter 3 from verse 8 to 10. Now, this woman called Hannah, her husband had married two women. And the first one was always giving birth, and Hannah didn't have a child. But Hannah made a promise to God that if you give me a child, I will give him to you. And so God honored Hannah's prayer, and Hannah really had a child. Now, when the child was taken to the house of God, he was so young, so I don't know whether his mother told him what he must do. But this child was a child of purpose. I was a purpose. Say that again. Someone before he was born, his mother had told God that if you give me the child, I will give him back to you. 
So in the mother's mind, Samuel was not going to be for him. So Samuel's purpose was determined by the mother. So the mother took him to the temple. So the boy was there, but he didn't know. So God appeared. Can I announce to somebody? God is always faithful to what you tell him. Can I talk to somebody? At times, you may even deviate. But even if you deviate, God, he'll be waiting for you. Many of us, God is waiting for us. Lift up your right and say, Lord, I am ready to fulfill that purpose. Let it happen in Jesus' name. Give him a mighty praise. I say it all the time. You can pray for your children and die. While you are dead, God will still be doing it for you. Because God is, he doesn't die. God is everlasting. So God is always faithful to his part of the promise. You know the story. He called one time. He called the second time. He called the third time. What God is saying is that Samuel, in case you don't know, me and your mother, there is a vow that I am supposed to use you. So I have come. And look at what happened. So the Lord called a third time, verse 8. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here am I. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Bishop Eli or Eli. He was around 90 years. He died around 90 years plus. He went to him and said, he said it's God who is calling this boy. Verse 9. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak Lord. Your servant is listening. So someone went back to the bed. I'm talking about a six-year-old boy. But the guy was carrying a purpose. So from a very quick age, the purpose just began to manifest. May every purpose that has been predetermined for your life, for which you are not able to determine where things are going, I declare that it shall come to pass. As I declare that we shall come to pass. You see, when we are dedicating this year and I'm speaking on them, some of you think I'm just speaking anything. It's because you don't understand the power of words and the power of a man of God. Every child I pray for, I use different words, except that you don't notice. Some of the children I prophesy, some of them, I speak different things. I speak as I'm inspired. If the parents can even be attentive, but most people are not spiritual when you are praying for their children. If you are very spiritual, you realize that I am using some words and you must be able to keep it quickly and start guiding the child through it. But many of us will just go home like that. Because if you bring your two children and pray for them, every child will pray a different prayer prophetically. The Bible says that Jacob was blind and he was praying for his grandchildren. The firstborn was on the right. The secondborn was on the left. But he crossed his hands. And Joseph moved his hand and said, Daddy, this is the firstborn. He said, I'm away. Even though I am blind, I can see. This one is young, but he'll be greater than this. He crossed his hands like this. And the Bible said that when he put his hand, Joseph virtually removed his hand. He said, take it off. He said, leave me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. May every prophetic word of your life, may every prophecy that has been spoken, some of you, you are carrying purpose. But you think you are just working on this earth. You are carrying purpose. May the purpose come out. I say, may the purpose come out. Verse 10. And the Lord came and called us before somewhere, somewhere. And someone replied, speak, your servant is listening. Let's move on. 
Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. This six-year-old boy, listen to me, because he was carrying purpose, God said, you are young, but I'm going to do something shocking. I want to tell you. So at times, purpose can make God bypass some people and give you a message. Because you are carrying something. One day, one of my daughters came to me. He said, Apostle, I want to tell you something. I said, do you know everything that happens my son sees in the house? And I said, yes, but you should know by now. He's in the house also for a purpose. I was talking to one guy. He said they were doing business and all of a sudden, every money finished. Every money in the house. Their business is collapsed. But he says every morning, his son, seven years, will come to his father and say, some people are sitting at the porch. He said, I've been hearing them talking in the house. Oh, keep quiet. Keep quiet. Go and sleep. The child comes again and says, Daddy, I have been hearing people sitting at the porch. They have been discussing you and mommy. They are talking about the work you have. They said they will collapse it. They thought the boy was joking. Until they realized that everything that he said, they started prayer and fasting. He said they began to pray. Then he had a friend outside the country. He said the friend said he was bringing money to Ghana. Those days it was 600 million. It was a lot of money. The friend said he wants to use it for, but he's not ready. So he should keep it for him. I said, hey. This is money without application, without interest. Without, and the person was a banker. And he called me into his office. said, Reverend, come. I can tell you, you know me, three months. He said, the person said, between six months and one year, is he a fool? I thought he was going to tell you that you should invest it for him. He says, so he said, I should keep it for him. Everybody say purpose. Say that again. May your purpose come alive. I said, may your purpose come alive. You later know that God then began to use someone because someone was carrying a purpose. Some of your problem is that you think you are too young and it's an African problem and I'm always dealing with it. I'm dealing with this thing in the church all the time. Please, if you are 12 years, it can come out and I'll be dealing with it. Some of us are 25, but our parents still make us feel that we are young. Where will you grow? Your teeth will remove very soon. Listen to me. If you are 18, 19, you have grown. It's better you start something. And stop this issue of behaving as some child who has come to the house and then go and bath. At 21, go and bath. Come and eat. You are like a, a goat. You must, at that age, begin to realize that, listen to me, I've entered into my destiny. Number three, for purpose to be achieved, you need good counsel. Counsel to establish your purpose. But if you want to achieve that purpose, you need good counsel. Everybody say good counsel. Say that again. As a pastor, one of the things I have seen that troubles people is where they take their counsel from. Who is advising you? Who do you speak to? For your purpose to be achieved, you need good counsel. You can have all the purpose to, but if you don't have good counsel, it will be with you. You die with you. I think the same man's morose who said that the richest place on this earth is the cemetery. People who had purposes but could never achieve it till they died. He said the richest place on this earth is the cemetery. When you go, you see ideas that were never used. Businesses that were thought about but were never started. 
things that people wanted, they never started it. For your purpose to be achieved, you need good counsel. And I'm going to show you how counsels work so that you understand how people can mess your purpose up. I want you to turn about with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 10 from verse 3 to verse 10. Solomon had reigned and was a great king and he had died. But Solomon had a son called Rehoboam. I was a Rehoboam. And so, and Solomon had another servant called Jeroboam. Say Jeroboam. But Jeroboam could not become the king because he was not a son. He was just a servant. But the son was Rehoboam. And you will see how God's purpose will be cancelled immediately and the guy will lose everything. I'm going to show you how it's going to work. He has a purpose. God says he will become like this. But the people he's talking with, he will make him useless as he's moving on. This is not the devil. It's you. Verse 1. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for to Shechem where all Israel come to make him king. They came there to make him king because Solomon had died. Verse 2. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebath, who was in Egypt, whether he had fled from the presence of Solomon, the king heard it that Jeroboam returned out of Egypt. So after they had made Rehoboam the king, Jeroboam, who had run away to Egypt, came back. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. He messed up, so he ran away. Verse 3. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and all Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master. Because Solomon was doing building, so he was using taxes. They said, lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we'll be your loyal subjects. We want to serve you. Some of us are 70 years. You are 22. We are ready. Just that we are paid so much. So if you can lower it a bit for us, after some time you can increase it, but give us a little space. Rehoboam replied, come back in three days for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. It is that there were some counselors that Solomon used to sit with. So he went to see them. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? Look at the answer they gave him. The older counselors replied, if you are good to these people and do your best to please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam, I would say but Rehoboam, Shout it again. Rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Listen to me. Stale, where are you there? Make you come here. What's up? What are the terms you use? Tell me with me for the base. Something come. Some people be they don't want to worry our body. We'll go show them. Shall I make you buy kebab when they come? So they met. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? Look at the answer they gave him. The young man replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. <laughs> when you meet them, give them a proverb. The first sentence is that 
tell them that your finger is thicker than your father's waist. Your father married thousand women. Are you, your finger, thicker than your father's waist? We are going to see something. Give the Lord some shout and give the Lord some praise. Everybody say purpose. Say it again. This guy is supposed to rule all Israel by purpose. But they will take it from him instantly. He will lose it immediately. Yes, my father laid heavy burden on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. He said, when you go, when you meet the elders, tell them that we, the young men, who have come to town, see what I mean? We come to town, and we have good things to say, brother. Hey. Hey. You will crumb. Number one, first sentence, my finger is thicker than your father's waist. Number two, if my father beat you with whips, me, I will beat you with what? Scorpions. Verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. Verse 13. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to them. You see, the young men, they had, you see, Charlie, when you go show them, show them. We could do that guy when they go walk this way. Hey, hey tell it, people, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you understand my preaching this morning? Everybody say purpose. Say it again. See, at times when somebody is there, he will just be speaking coolly, trying to tell you what to do. But you may think, but that is it. It may not look, but you'll be going. You may, because the person is speaking quiet, so no, 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 just do this. You may think that maybe the person doesn't like you, but that is it. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to them for he rejected the advice of the older counselors. Verse 14. And followed the counsel of this young advisor. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Verse 15. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of God. Because he moved from good counsel, God then decided that let me leave you because I've said that I will destroy you. I have to. And there's a point like that. Put your hands and say, Lord, have mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. So at that point, you realize that you don't know what to do because this turn of events was the will of God for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, to the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. A servant is now coming to take over because a son has refused to take the instruction and the counsel. So when God realized that Jeroboam had decided not to take counsel, the word of God came to Ahijah and they spoke to Jeroboam who was in Egypt and said, that's yet the Lord for the kingdom is about to be given to thee. Verse 16. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. Now can you imagine, they started now insulting David. If your grandfather is David, so what? Down with him. Down with the dynasty of the we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So all the people of Israel return home. So you realize that Rehoboam lost it. If you read the Bible, you don't hear anything about him again. That was the end. They took it from him, and he was left with one. Even that one, he couldn't handle it. If he had just listened to good counsel, he had just listened to counsel. That would have been it. His purpose would have been intact. 
He had a good purpose. He was supposed to take over, but bad counsel has ruined it. As I end, let me read Jeremiah 3.15. So I'm ending this way. That's why Jesus built the church. Let's read together. Go. And I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and what? They'll guide you with what? Knowledge and what? And the reason why God makes pastors to guide you is that he has put a purpose in you. All you need is knowledge and what? Understanding. And if you don't take it, what is going to happen is that by the time you realize somebody else is giving you an advice contrary to what the shepherd is asking you to do. I pray for you. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace to recognize good advice from bad advice. Give me the grace to fulfill my purpose. Give me the grace to seek counsel from you and from the man that you have given me in my lifetime. Lift up your hands. I refuse to break my purpose very early. I refuse to live a life without a purpose. Say, so it doesn't matter my age. Wherever I have reached, if there is a purpose that has not been done by the word of God, this morning, I activate it. I bring it out in the name of Jesus. Say, so Holy Spirit, Help me to fulfill this purpose. Lord, if I find favor in your sight, Lord, please hear my heart's cry. I'm desperately waiting to be where you are. Across the hottest desert, I'll travel near or far for your glory. I will do anything just to see.